Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Brought to you by the SATC Solutions Center. You can connect with us on Instagram or Twitter where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. For more information, including our email, visit us online at satcsolutions.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe to Bridging Chicago on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast. and welcome to another episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. I'm Nathan, your host for today's episode, and I am joined today by a very special guest. I'm really excited to have her with us because I get to sit next to her every day, almost every day. And so uh, I want to welcome to the podcast Leona Kuhar, who is another senior legal assistant here at SATC and joining our Bridging Chicago team as a host. So welcome, Leona. Thank you, Nathan. I'm excited to do this. <laughs> this is something very new for you, and we've been wanting for a while to get you uh, on with the team here, and so we're excited that you're joining us. Um, you have actually been here at SATC for um, quite some time and have seen it go through a lot of changes, but we want to give people a little background on you. So why don't you tell us about growing up, because I know that you grew up here in Chicago, and I think it's always interesting to hear from Chicagoans what they think about Chicago when they were growing up and then kind of now. So tell us about growing up here in Chicago. So I was born and raised in Chicago. I still live here in Chicago, um, a different area, but I grew up on the far south side of Chicago and um, in a very diverse area, which was Mm. a great experience for me. Yeah. And um, I lived in the city, but went to high school in the suburbs. So that was kind of um, a different experience for me, especially going to grammar school in the city and then, you know, transition, transitioning to the suburbs. That was like a big change for me. Um, But um, we continued to live in the city um, and uh, we went from the far south side to the far southeast side. And now, um, currently, I live um, kind of on the southwest side of Chicago. So, yeah. so and it was always... an experience growing up in Chicago. Um, you know, um, as a child, we came down here a lot, you know, for parades, for shopping. Um, so um, I think I really got to see a lot of the city while I was growing up. Yeah, and we know that Chicago is really big on its neighborhoods. Um, and whenever we talk to people from Chicago, they always talk about what neighborhood they're from. And I know that you have spent your whole life and some on the south side in some direction, either east, mm-hmm. south, or west, south side. So for you, do you remember like there being that same neighborhood connection where people always were all about their neighborhoods, having block parties, kind of staying in their neighborhoods, or did people kind of venture around a little more? Well, I think um, the neighborhood that I uh, grew up, well, lived until I was 15, um, the neighbors all watched out for one another. And it was an area that was changing. 
And but it didn't matter. You still got to know your neighbors and your new neighbors. You connected with them. Um, so it was um, it was like a close knit community. Yeah. And when we moved to the far southeast side, it was the same, but I think even more so where it was a tight knit community. And then going from grammar school here in the city, where you said it was really diverse, and then going to school in the suburbs, did you get that same like diversity or? Um, yes, it was, but um, I don't think that um, everyone in the school had the um, had, I guess the 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 fortune of growing up in a diverse area. Yeah. So it might have been harder for people in the suburbs to be accepting of everyone. So that's why I said I, I think it was a fortunate experience for me to grow up in a diverse area because you learn to accept everyone. Yeah. And I don't think people who grew up in the suburbs and, you know, this was in the 60s and 70s. I don't think they were afforded that opportunity to of diversity. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think when we think about diversity, the thing that I really like to see is when people, yes, obviously you want people to be accepting, but you also want them to be accepting for people for who they are. So, you know, if you're Latina, if you're African-American, you know, any, any form of minority, LGBT, you know, any, uh, any minority, it's one thing to, to feel accepted. It's another thing to feel like I can be accepted for being me. Um, and for you, you know, growing up with these kids, did you get to really see how different they were, but how like that uh, you were talking about the unique experience and mm -hmm. how, you know, getting to meet a little a lot of different types of people was really unique. But as kids, did you get to like really know their culture and know a lot about who, you know, oh, how absolutely. they grew up because of that? Absolutely. Because the friendships that I developed in grammar school, it wasn't just that we went to school together and saw each other only in school. We hung out together. We had sleepovers together, you know? Um, so you did, I, I learned a lot about their culture, um, their families, because I spent time with their families. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I wish I had that growing up. I grew up in a really small town and so there weren't, there wasn't a lot of diversity. Um, but it, the same in the way of like, we all, you know, grew up hanging out together, going to sleepovers, going to school together. Like we all, it was very close. And so I think it would have been cool if I had that plus uh, getting to meet a lot of different kinds of people experience. But the thing is when I was growing up and I was, you know, 11, 12, 13, even younger, I, I didn't view the diversity as being different. Yeah. I think I was just, it, it was, I just accepted it as this is how life is. Yeah. So being in Chicago for your whole life, do you know of other regions? Like, do you know of people who maybe have moved here from other parts of the country 
are they surprised by that experience that you've had? Or do you see that they've also kind of gotten to see that same thing? Because, I mean, I've lived in Illinois my whole life, not in Chicago. But for me, sometimes when I meet people from other areas, I'm like, oh, you, you live where there's mountains or you live where there's, you know, these kinds of people that I didn't interact with. Um, but like when you meet people from other areas, do you kind of see that they've had a similar experience or, or is it very different because they're from, you know, a different region? Um, honestly, I don't think that I have met or know many people who've had a similar experience that mm -hmm. I did growing up. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's interesting to think about is just like for people who have grown up, uh, you know, in the Midwest their whole lives, it's like there's a lot of things that we haven't seen necessarily or people that we haven't met. And um, so I'm always interested to hear about people who, you know, are from other areas and kind of what life was like for them. And even here in Chicago, because if you talk to someone who grew up on the north side, like my dad, when he was young, grew up on the north side versus someone who grew up on the south side. I mean, that, you could get two very different experiences yes, absolutely. from the same city. Right. Uh, and for you, after you graduated from high school in the suburbs, what was the next life choice for you? Uh, and kind of how did you come about, okay, I'm, I'm graduated now. What came next for you then? Well, I always loved being downtown. Because as a kid, my mom brought me down here. My older siblings brought me down here. So I loved being downtown in the city. So I knew I wanted to work there. So I started working um, for a trade association. Um, and it was, a, it was a wonderful experience. And again, a, a diverse experience for me. So it was um, a great learning experience. I developed friendships, uh, you know, some that I still have. Yeah. You know, and it it was um I have very fond memories. And is this like a corporate experience where like a nine to five? Yes. Yes. Nine to five, Monday through Friday, take the train down here, you know. So it was um like I said, I, I have very fond memories of it. One of the things that I've heard that is changing about work especially now, um, is this sense of work-life balance, where now people, I think, are focusing more on work-life balance and getting to have a career and have a family and be able to do the things that you enjoy doing, whether it's traveling or playing sports or doing you yes. know, a variety of different things. Um, and that definitely was not the case yeah. you know, 20, 30 years ago. So did you see people who were just like putting in you know, all these hours making work their the big focus and really trying to up their career? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, it, like I said, I think then the balance wasn't always there. So what, is, what, what do you think is the benefit then of the balance? Because obviously I think it gives people more time outside the office, but I think it's more than just that. Um, but, but can you, can you tell like what benefits there have been or, or like what difference it makes for people to be able to step away a little bit? I think it helps you all around. It helps you to, um, focus more on work because you're allowed to focus on other things 
So while you're working, you're not focusing on those things that you haven't been given the time or the opportunity to focus on. You can kind of divide your time better, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a really interesting point. I didn't think of, I actually hadn't thought about that because I, for me, it's very true. Like when I'm working, I'm hundred percent focused on that. And then sometimes obviously like things will come along and you'll, you know, chat with your colleagues or, you know, maybe you'll get a phone call or something, but it does make it easier to be like, okay, this is work time. I'm going to like work hard during this time. And then right. other times it's like, okay, put that away. It's family time or it's, you know, Yes, absolutely. Volatile time or whatever you might do. Yeah, I think it helps you to segregate your time better. Hmm. And, you know, I think family's always been important to people, I think. But um, I think I feel people are putting more um, of a focus on it now. And employers are allowing that, which is a very positive thing. Yeah. I, we're going to jump ahead a little bit only because I we're talking about work-life balance and this fits in there. Um, but now uh, being in some sort of remote hybrid situation where a lot of people are working from home on some level, when you're working from home, do you find it's difficult or easy to, at the end of the day, okay, say like close the laptop, work's done, I, you know, not think about that, not pay attention to that anymore? Or has it been difficult for you to kind of create those boundaries? Um, it was, it is sometimes. And I have to remind myself that, yeah. you know, um, it's time to put work aside. Yeah. I think yeah. when you're home, um, and I don't have a lot of distractions at home. So I'm fortunate in that aspect. So because of that, I think you just you tend to keep going. Yeah. And before you know it, you, you know, it's five thirty. <laughs> and well, that, that's great. I mean, the day goes fast then. It goes extremely fast. Yeah. I, although I feel like these days are going so fast lately anyway, like it's almost September, which means it's like falls here. Yeah. Basically. I mean, obviously we still have summer, uh, temperatures and stuff, but fall is going to be here before we know it. Yeah, time. And I think um, the, at least for our firm, the hybrid system that we have, I think that makes time feel like it goes by even faster. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because you're, I think that's because you're always working and doing stuff in it, like things are constantly changing, really. Yes. Um, so when you stopped working at this, at the trade, uh, in the trade industry, did you go into the legal industry after that? So I stayed home for a few years, um, with my sons. And then when I went back to work, I, it, it just kind of happened where a friend of mine was working for a local attorney, a sole practitioner. And she was moving out of state and she asked if I would be interested. And I had no legal background. Um, And I said yes, because I was excited. It was close to home. And it was, I was there for almost eight years. And I gained so much knowledge. And I think in part, well, a huge part, I think, was that it 
I worked for someone, one person, and who, an attorney who really had a diverse practice in that, you know, probate, trusts, um, minor criminal cases, real estate, uh, domestic relations. So I got to see a lot of different aspects and I learned so much. I gained so much confidence um, in that one-on-one experience. I want to touch quickly on, um, on this, going from working in the corporate to staying home to going back to work. Were those dif- decisions to like decide to stay home and then decide to go back to work, were those difficult decisions for you to make? Or was it easy for you to say, I want to like be with my kids while they're little and then... Yeah, no, it, it wasn't difficult. Um, it, it just felt right. It, was, mm. it felt like the right decision. So that was very much like, that's what you wanted to do. It right. Really... It just kind of flowed. It was, um, it just, it just happened. And it yeah. was, you know, something that I felt good about. And I assume you really, like, you still think of that time that you got to spend with your boys. Oh, absolutely. As... It's, it's irreplaceable. Yeah. And I'm, I feel so fortunate that I was able to stay home as long as I did. Cause I know everybody's not, in that position to be able to do it. And not that it was an easy place to be financially, but I would not replace it for anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Um, But so you worked for the solo practitioner for eight years. For almost eight years. And I had always had in my mind that when my youngest son went to high school, that I would venture back downtown. So, um, you know, I just sent out resumes and, um, I went on some interviews, um, and I, I was hesitant once, you know, once I made that, uh, choice to send out resumes, go on these interviews and then offered a position, it it was scary. It was scary, but, you know, I took the step and, um, it, it was, um, I was very nervous because I knew it was going to be different than working for just one person. Right. Um, but I, I didn't just, I know I didn't realize how different it would be. So and- it was, um, in the beginning, uh, kind of emotional for me. It was hard mm. to get used to in the beginning, but, um, obviously I did because 20 almost, well, pretty soon, 20 years, I'm still here, so. Yeah. When you're feeling these emotions, uh, what were the people around you telling you about, like, how to deal with this or, or what you should feel about this? Were you, were, was it just like you just powered through it kind of thing? Or were there people telling you, like, hey, this will pass? Or, or what were people around you telling you? Or, or how did you get through that time, I guess? It's a, I think I just powered through it because yeah. I don't think I really made it known how, how, um, how emotional I was about it. So I just knew I made a decision and, you know, I knew I didn't want to turn back. So I just powered through it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and obviously 
you said you've been here almost 20 years, and so you've seen our law firm go through a lot, go through name changes, go through uh, different attorneys coming in and out, mm -hmm. and growing in a lot of ways. For you, um, what's the growth that you've seen with yourself in the law firm that you can point to that makes you really proud or makes you really happy to be a part of, of all this here? Well, first of all, I have learned so much here at this firm. And, you know, 20 years of learning, you can't replace that. Yeah. And not just that I learned things, but I was able to implement them. I was able to use them and expand on them. And the firm, you know, allowed that opportunity. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. And now I know even more recently, I've been here for six and a half years, I think. Um, and so the, it's changed a lot even just in those years. Yes. But I think even more recently, one of the things that I have really appreciated is seeing how you stepped into leadership in a lot of ways and just not, not just leadership in taking your own, you know, in your own career and your own life, but also leading in other areas of the firm. I think people always think of you as, as a leader here because you've been here a long time and you know a lot and people always feel like they can come to you and ask you questions or get your thoughts on different things. And we laugh sometimes because we'll, we'll talk to each other and we'll answer our own question, but it's like you just needed to talk to someone right, about it right, to exactly. get there. Um, but as you're, as you're kind of leading more in the firm, how, how do you feel about like taking on that extra like leadership and then developing that? How do you develop that for yourself and then help others along with you? Well, I guess I haven't really like thought of myself as being a leader. I just always um, feel that, you know, I'm, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, you know, but I just never looked at myself like that. Mm. And, um, you know, I am always happy to, you know, help someone or, you know, talk things through. Um, but I think one thing that really stands out with as far as changes, I think every, there's more teamwork now. Mm. There's... We, we definitely are more of a team than yeah. I can ever remember being in the 20 years. Um, you know, I think we're all here. I mean, you in particular, Nathan, I mean, you're always, you always step up to the plate, you know, and I know I can always count on you, you know, and I think that's so important with coworkers yeah. to get that, um, you know, to develop that relationship and that work, um, the, the workflow and the ethic that, hey, I know I have someone I can count on, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's always, I don't, at least I don't feel, it was always like that here. Yeah, I think for me, having that person that you can rely on just takes so much stress and like anxiety away because mm -hmm. it's like, I always know that, you know, no matter if, even if I were here at 30 years, it's like, I, there were still going to be things that I would lean on you for. And there's still going to be ways. I think 
we uh, as a like the other staff here kind of see you leading by example what you do i know you're always you know helping even in, even if it's just like cleaning you know always cleaning the coffee machine <laughs> to make sure that people can use it and it's clean. And, you know, there's so many ways in which like we see that and I see that. And I think for me, that inspires me to do the same thing. And so I think that's the, that's, what's been really cool for me in the last um, couple of years in particular, but really as I've, as I've been working and learning and growing here, it's just like, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to be like that person because, she, because when, when they are a better team player, I'm a better team player. And I think the whole team is better when, when everyone's just trying to, to do their thing. And, and I think, um, you know, as we've been continuing the podcast and as we've been interviewing more and more people, uh, you know, we've for a long time have wanted to get you involved um, <laughs> because I think the way that you are with people, people just really appreciate the way that you are and, and sort of the way that you care about what you do. And so I look forward to our listeners hearing that and our guests feeling that. Um, but for you, as you kind of come on board as a host and, and people will hear from you interviewing guests in the future, can you tell us something that you're excited for to, to join the team on and to work with Bridging Chicago on? Well, first of all, I'm excited that um, I finally let myself take this step. So that's yeah. a big thing for me. Um, you know, I've always like enjoyed, um, you know, giving you ideas, but from the back, you know, from the <laughs> background, you know, yeah. the silent partner here, you know. But, um, I think, um, you know. Well, I have to say, Nathan, you probably um, unknowingly pushed me a little bit, you know, <laughs> gently. Yeah. And um, so I am excited to uh, explore this and, um, I guess, have a new experience. Yeah. I mean, I think we always need to at least try something. And that's the way I'm looking at it. I think for you, you know, having, being so far into your career, what is it like for you to continue to push yourself? Because some people get to the point to where you're at and they kind of coast to retirement, right? It's yes. like, okay, I've been working for 28 years, worked for a few years before that, like my family has grown. It's time for me to just coast to retirement. And you're taking on more and more and more stuff. And I mean, just like hitting it out of the park. So for you, what is the motivation to not just continue to work hard, but to learn new stuff and lead in new ways and help more people and, and, and just be a more and more of a team teammate? Like, what's the motivation for that for you? And then, like, how do you feel about that sort of how does that help your work or how, or how does it affect your work? I guess I should say. I think it all boils down to Nathan is that I like being here. Hmm. Um, I'm here not because I have to, but because I want to be. Yeah. And I think that 
that makes a world of difference. If I didn't want to be here, I don't think I would be motivated. Yeah. I know I wouldn't be motivated. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, the firm and everyone here are very important people. Uh, they're very important to me. And, you know, even, you know, especially being um, in a, a small environment like we are, I know we'll be adding a few team members very shortly. But um, you become close to people, not all people, not everyone, you know, because some people, they just don't want that experience, which is fine. Right. But, you know, like I've talked about this with you before and, you know, um, some of the few uh, people that have were here when that are still here when I came, um, we've been through life events with people, with our coworkers, yeah. you know marriages, divorce, death, births, you know, um, we've shared so many things that it's like an extension of your family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm motivated because I'm not, I don't want to just do, um, good things for myself. I want to do good things for my extended family. Wow. That's... (laughs) That's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I, I've always felt very lucky to be a part. I actually was friends with someone who worked here before I worked here. And so I, I knew a little bit about the firm before coming here. Um, but even from the very first time that I interviewed here um, and going through COVID together and not knowing if we we're going to be in the office or working from home, if we were going to see each other or not after having seen each other every day, um, you do miss that family. Yeah. You do miss that time together. And that's how I know that I really love it here because when I, when we were working from home or I was in the office and most people were home because I live just a couple blocks from our office. So it was safer for me to be here. Um, it's like, you miss that. And, it, right. and you, it, it's not just the work. It's, I miss like getting to hear about your family and how, you know, and what the boys are up to, or, I mean, they're, they're men now. Yeah, I but, know, but I still call them boys. <laughs> you still call them boys. So that's why I, I just thought of yeah. it. But like, you know, and, and how your husband's doing and, and, you know, what, what, what you're doing that's new and how Zumba's going and all these things. It's like, you miss that. And so it makes it honestly, and I'm, I, I'll say this for me and I'm guessing maybe it's the same for you. It just makes it really good to be here and it makes Mm -hmm. it really enjoyable so that your days even the hard days because there's going to be hard days there's going to be bad days but the bad days aren't so bad right and when you think even back um you know in march of 2020 when we had to um move so quickly to our new offices and what we went through you know that those five days i mean you know, the group of us that were here doing it, I think that was talk about a team building experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and then to go home and, you know, have to stay home for how many months. Um, but you're right. You, you missed the interaction. And that's why, you know, I think our firm's hybrid system is is wonderful. Yeah. You know, we still get the opportunity to work from home a couple of days, but we have the opportunity to come into the office 
and, you know, work with our coworkers and team members. Yeah. Well, I am certainly glad you're here with us um, at the firm, and I'm really excited to have you joining our podcast team. And I think that you'll love it. I hope that you'll love it, but I know that I our guests so. will love interacting with you. And so we certainly look forward to hearing from you in the future. So if you would like to make sure that you get all of our episodes, make sure to follow us on all of our social media on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow at Bridging Chicago. On Facebook, you can follow our uh, SATC Law Facebook page, and you'll get all the Bridging Chicago updates there. And then, of course, you can follow us on LinkedIn at Bridging Chicago as well. But you can always go to our website, www.bridgingchicago.com, to listen to this episode and all of our past episodes where you can hear us on YouTube, Spotify, you can hear us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and now you can actually say, hey, Alexa, play Bridging Chicago, and Alexa will play it for you. So we're also available now on Amazon Music. But Leona, thanks so much for finally joining us. Well, thank you. Wasn't so scary, was it? Thank you for your gentle nudging. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was, a gentle, sometimes not as gentle nudging, but. Yes. We're happy to have you here. And thank you again for listening to this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solutions Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.